0: On today's episode of Locked On Spartans, we are going to start digging into Michigan State, Iowa, our expectations for the game, and what we want to see from the Spartans this weekend. And then Andrew Wade from Locked On Hawkeyes joins the show to help us break it down.
1: You are Locked On Spartans, your daily
2: podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of On Spartans. It is Thursday, November 5th. The year is 2020. I'm your host, Will Hunter, joined by my still not sure if we have a president or not co-host, Matt Sheehan. I say we just go without
2: one at this point. <laughs> Do we let's, need one? Let's just give it a shot for at least a year. Let's just give it a, a small sample size, a nice little test trial run, just to see how things go.
0: I don't know. That's, that's kind of my take on the whole thing, Will. I think we could make the executive branch just a bunch of puppies in a room. And that might be better. It might be more productive.
2: Less stressful, for sure. If, <laughs> if not
0: for nothing, the level of stress goes down uh, tenfold, a hundredfold, thousandfold, some may say. Regardless of your politics, a room full of puppies, unless you're very allergic to dogs, isn't going to do anything bad for anyone.
2: Yeah, the allergies. it uh, be tough to carry uh, their ballot, for sure, but sure. Um, everywhere else, yeah, no, I think we're running this at <laughs> just, a 98-2 to two split, for sure.
0: Just people holding signs about the price of Benadryl and EpiPens. <laughs> hey, Benadryl gang, stand up, baby. Let's go. These hives have gone too far.
2: <laughs> oh, man. It, it's got to end eventually, right? It can't go on for much longer. I know it's only like we're recording Wednesday night, and really the results came in about 24 hours ago. It feels like this has been going on for three and a half weeks <laughs> already, does. though. This is this week is dog years in internet time. It is, but uh, which crazy. also means that this is a longer celebration week after yeah. the 27 to 24 victory. <laughs> so yeah, the week is dragged on. If all weeks to drag on, though, you want one coming off of a great MSU win, <laughs> and that's where we are.
0: That is where we are, but we are going to turn the page, Matt, on today's episode. We're going to start talking about Iowa. We're going to talk about what we want to see this week and what we need to see to sort of make us truly shift the goalposts yeah. for this season. Or
2: The B word, the believe.
0: Or, yeah, really believe, buy into the hype, have legitimate expectations for this team. And then, like I mentioned Off the top, Andrew Wade from Locked On Hawkeyes will be joining the show. You did a crossover episode with him. He asked you about some MSU stuff. You asked him about some Iowa stuff. And we're going to play the Iowa information portion of that interview in segment three on today's show. Reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We do this every single day, five days a week, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Every day. That's every
1: right, day.
2: Back. So back to being every day. Can I still say that we're back to being every day, even though we've done this for like four or five weeks now at this point? It's been a month.
0: Yeah. Okay. We're, we're back. We're I back.
2: can get two months out of saying this. Back. Back to doing five a day, five a week, baby. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Spartanswill.substack.com. Go read about what I wrote about Rocky Lombardi. Do that. He's good. He's been good. He might not be good for long, but he's good right no. now. Oh, hey, hey, come on now. Listen, it's been two games. I'm not jumping the gun. i am I'm... Back-to-back 300-yard games is going to be tough to sustain, yeah. I, it's uh, the it. statistical output he's on. The pace would be the best of any MSU quarterback ever, and his advanced numbers are comparable to some of the best MSU quarterbacking seasons we have seen in recent history. Also, yeah. Matt, we are currently, as I'm looking at this right now, Mm-hmm. Five hundred and thirty seven percent our downloads are up compared to last month.
2: Wow. Thanks everyone. Dang. Yeah. All right.
0: It four days now five days when you listen to this into the month. Business is, as the kids say, booming. Dang. All right. Look at that. Look at us. Hey. Nice. Look at all of us.
2: Not just me and you, Will, but yeah, the listeners too. Say, look at you, the yeah. listeners.
0: That's thank you for that uh yeah, it's kind of crazy, and everyone has, I mean, we had we did decent during the, the pandemic, but now that sports are back, MSU football is back, the fans are fired up, our numbers are back. Thank Coming you, Mel Tucker, number.
2: thank you to the football team, yes. I'm sure that helps as well, because uh, people like hearing about, Will, I don't know if you saw the score, 27-24, to 24. Michigan State victories to bring home the Paul yes. Bunyan yes. trophy, 27-24, 27-24.
0: We are coming for that number one spot on the College Network uh, Unlocked on podcast. We're right there. We're right behind Michigan. I think we're going to take them over this week. Hope so. Okay, nice. Matt, are you ready?
2: I think so. Yeah, it was it was a good conversation with Andrew too on Locked On Hawkeyes because this this kind of really level sets what we do want to see mm-hmm. for the week because like it's also reasonable things you want to see. Like, yeah, it'd be awesome to see a receiver eclipse 150 yards again and have <laughs> another game where you have like what was it like six seven deep passes beyond the uh, whatever the number was like 25 yeah. yards. I, I don't know if Iowa is going to be a team that will even allow that, but we'll get to that later.
0: Well, let me just start with this. Mm -hmm. What do you want to see? What would you need to see this weekend to have your expectations be, I guess, substantially elevated? Because right now, I I don't know where you're at. I'm still... I don't know where I'm at. (laughs) That's a pretty good... <laughs> way of put, uh, way honestly, though, no. like
2: I after these two weeks, like what a up and down week uh, or, or season so far? Eleven point loss to Rutgers yeah. with a thousand turnovers, and then an incredible win against Michigan. Like, where yeah. am I at, Chief? I, uh, <laughs> I
0: don't know, man. I have not forgotten this team lost to Rutgers by eleven. Yes, there were a lot of weird things: mm-hmm. seven turnovers, uh, two more with uh, the turnovers and downs. You know, fumbling it on your own one. It was certainly a weird, strange game, but at the same time, they couldn't run the ball against a 250-pound nose tackle and mm-hmm. a bunch of transfers playing in a new scheme with a new coach. Mm-hmm. Like it just wasn't great, right? That was a, a, right. We said after the game, "Hey, this is a bad football team," and I, I, that may have been a slight overreaction, but I still don't think it's a good football team. That's kind of where I'm (laughs) at right now. Like I I I I would
2: love to step in and say like, "Whoa, hold on!" Like they're clearly the better team on Saturday. Like, yeah, they're a good football team, but I I don't, I don't. It's such a weird season so far. Like, every part of me wants to say that, like, yeah, this is a good football team. But how about this? Like, it is a better football team than we thought they were going to be. Now, does that mean they're good? Maybe. Does that mean that they're just average? Even an average football team is still like head and shoulders above what I thought they could be, though, going into the season. Admittedly, I mean. I, yeah. I, I don't think that's me being negative, Nancy. I think that's me looking at everything that MSU had to replace, coaching staff-wise and talent-wise. I know it wasn't a great last two seasons, but like there was a hell of a lot of talent on that team on both sides of the ball. Like It wasn't insane to be like, yeah, this might not be a good
0: season. I would have shot for average, and that's kind of where they're trending, which, hey, cool. Yeah. And I think they have more potential than I thought to be an above-average team. Right? Mm-hmm. I thought it was like, eh, average would kind of be nice. But it's like, okay, maybe they're average. Maybe they can be pretty decent. You know, not going to beat Ohio State, knock off Indiana, beat Maryland, or beat, yeah, beat Maryland, beat Northwestern type of thing as my alarm goes oh, off. Wake up, well, Son, wake up. i going to take out the recycling. Ah. Um, yeah, I think there's maybe more potential for them to be a, a pretty decent team than I would have given them credit for. Coming into the season. So that's kind of, I, I like that where we're at right now, right? We're not, we're not, I mean, we're flying high. We're super fired up about what happened last weekend, but it's mm-hmm. not like, yep, that's who they are. Beat a top 13 team on the road. They're a top 15 team. Let's go, baby. Like win them out, Except like play against Ohio State for the big 10. It's like, no, we're not there yet. <laughs> no. Not, All right. Not quite. So with that in mind, mm-hmm. uh, let's just uh, a couple minutes here real quick. And then we're going to do this more in segment two. Just from like a baseline, what would you need to see this weekend to make you feel like, all right, this is definitely a decent football team with maybe a little bit more upside than you had previously thought?
2: Yeah, I mean, this could absolutely dominate the rest of the conversation, but um, the the running game, I feel like, on offense, and I know that's a mm-hmm. really broad thing to lead off with, but mm-hmm. I don't know, like, yeah, 126 yards last week, like that's solid. It took you 38 carries to get there, though. I mean, it's, it's not absolutely horrible, but it's, it's by no means like, oh, yeah, this team's pounding the rock, baby. This team is full of road graders. Um, not quite. Of course, though, it was an improvement from the Rutgers game where you have 50 yards off 39 carries. Yes. That's not saying a lot though. The bar is literally on the floor though, uh, in between those two weeks after a 50 yard performance off 39 carries. So they a better
0: I... front too. They played a better front. Michigan is better up front yep. easily than Rutgers. So it was an, a nice job. The passing game certainly helped with that. Two high safeties gonna help you in the run game. But just you know at the line of scrimmage, I haven't finished charting yet. I'm going through it. But just I've noticed already before contact that those rushing numbers are the big negatives are way down this week, it seems like.
2: Gotcha. So, yeah, it, it's going to be the, the run game because I was talking with Andrew earlier, and Iowa has the kind of defense. I, I believe they run a, a 4-2-5. They switched
0: how, to a 4-2-5 last year, yep.
2: And so this also, with a lot of zone as well, so this keeps the game in front of them. Yes. It, that is going to be night and day from what we just saw on Saturday. We're yes. just cracking home runs after home runs after home runs like it's the Bash Brothers back in the Oakland days uh, heyday.
0: <laughs> just steroids everywhere. Just
2: juicing it up, baby, because, uh, yeah, it's Iowa's going to be a bad and don't break defense this yep. week. And in order to get that possibly uh, balanced out between the run and the pass, well, well, you're going to have to run the ball. Uh, and That's a really uh, bold analysis right there. But mm. um, And it's going to be a muddy game. I think we kind of alluded to it earlier this year when we were talking about the difference between uh, what Michigan could do and what Iowa could do. But like, it's just going to be a grimy game in the run game. It's going to be yeah. a true – you're going to watch this game as like, oh, yeah – with Beth Mullins on the call, it's going to be great. A nice noon kickoff, eleven Central Time. You're going to watch this game and be like, "This is the pinnacle of Big Ten football right now." Just yes. grimy, muddy. No team's getting above thirty points. We'll see if both teams even get above twenty points. Like it's it's going to be a nasty one. And the run game, we're going to need to see it. And this isn't the only time this year we're going to need to see a good run game. I, I know another hot take for me, but so Crazy that's that's take. the biggest thing I think I need to see to uh, throw the B-word around and believe that this team can achieve the heights of probably a 5-4 and season something like that.
0: Well, let's put a pin in that right there. We're going to come back and talk about just how big Tenny this game is going to be in just a minute. But first, a word from Coors Light. These days, it seems like life forces us to be on all the time. Like the last two days, if you have been able to shut it down, shut it off, kudos to you i don't know how you do it well with the coors that's how they did it with the coors there you go every now and then it's important to stop and reset that's why that's when you reach for a coors lights mountain cold refreshment that is made to chill yeah coors is made for last night tuesday night wednesday night this whole week baby
2: from celebration beers to unwind and watch the election results come in beer like coors has been there for us
0: that's that might be the best thing about coors the versatility Mm -hmm. it's really very versatile beer Watch the election results come in and then a few days later, crack open a, a nice mountain cold Coors Light to watch your favorite team travel to one of the worst places to play in the Big Ten, Kinnick Stadium. Thankfully, there will be no fans say, but an empty one. in attendance. That and it's
2: in big. daylight too, not at night, oh. which
0: helps. Night, Kinnick, you're not winning. It doesn't matter who no. you are. Just nope. ask Ohio State three years ago. Coors kind of Light, cold lagered, cold filtered, cold package. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind, sit back, kick your feet up, and watch your favorite football team play. Coors Light's the one we choose when we need to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Go. Go! If you got a wall in front of you, not like a literal wall, a metaphorical wall, or a number you're trying to hit on your mile time, your five k time, a bench press number you're trying to get, Built Go is going to help you break through that wall. It is a little energy packet, an energy gel, but it's also a protein pack. And a pre-workout. It's going to get you going. It's going to get you fired up. Mm-hmm. It's going to give you sustained energy that lasts. And it's got protein that is fast absorbing and will help you build what you are trying to build. Help you break through that wall. And Matt. Yes, well, Energy packs, the, the, the other ones, they, they tend to be pretty tough to take down. They
2: taste like uh, run out socks uh, most of the times. <sighs>
0: most rung out socks mixed with like that clear gelatin and then stuck in the fridge for a couple hours that's mm-hmm. kind of what it, it's like until not built, with go built go showed up that's right yeah not not the case with built go they've got three flavors they are all delicious peanut butter honey chocolate coconut and chocolate mint i personally wasn't a big energy packet gel guy really because i they just didn't do it for me and they were not great that has changed with built Go, it's got collagen protein that's fast absorbing. It gets in your system fast. They've got vitamins B6, B12 that helps that sustained energy. This stuff is legit. You need to try it out. Go to visit builtgo.com. I said go to visit. Go to builtgo.com and use promo code LOCKED, one word, LOCKED, and you'll get 30% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 30% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. All right, Matt. Yeah, this is going to be a, just an absolute. You said it. Is it BTN kick or is it ESPN two? Uh,
2: it is uh, HLN. That's right. HLN. Okay. Yeah. C span six. Yeah, C span six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, moved up from C span nine. That's right. New Gross kick. Baby. The ESPN. biggest
0: play of the game is going to be a seven yard like dig route.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, a, a kickoff might be returned to the yes. twenty six yard line for yes. some uh,
0: extra sizzle. Yep. That's right. Going to be just gang tackling all over the field, and the first one to get to 18 wins It mm-hmm. is going to be so Big Ten. I think that's a really good point that you bring up with the run game, because it did show incremental improvements, but it wasn't relied upon to win the game.
2: It wasn't your game-breaker, except no. for that Jordan Simmons run that he had in the first quarter. That was pretty uh, yeah. much the only notable run that, that yeah. happened, I would say. My, but, well, minus the fourth and two pickup to end the game, but I'm sure. talking like yardage-wise. That's a, Yeah,
0: there were some yeah. five, six, seven, eight-yard runs. The jet sweeps did pretty well, but all okay. in all, it was a pretty three-yards-in-a-cloud-of-dust-type run effort, and because the pass game was so explosive, you didn't need it, right, mm-hmm. in right. the end. Sort of grinded out a little bit on the ground, a little four minute offense, but it never was really in a point where it's like, yep, we need to run the ball was, and we're going to run it on our terms, right? Yeah,
2: it was more so of a prop to like set up play action, I feel like. It, it was, was just like, yeah, yes. we're going to do this. We know we're only going to get like two or three yards most of the time, but uh, yeah. oh, 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 you sorry bastards. We're going to pop you for 40 when you least expect yeah. it on this play action here.
0: Yeah, so seeing a, a run game kind of carry some weight and you know be the backbone of some scoring drives against a really good defense would be something that would certainly catch my curiosity sure um i don't know how realistic it is just because Iowa's really good at stopping that and michigan state's not really good at doing yeah. that They, after two games, well, I got the
2: stat in front of me, so I have to just shout it out, Uh, 2.8 yards per carry uh, against Iowa after their two games. Yikes, that's pretty good. Yeah,
0: not a lot. And they're (laughs) 0-2. They're Uh, 0-2.
2: Yes, they, yeah, yeah.
0: So I I think that's going to be a chore, and we'll talk more about this, and Andrew's going to talk about it, educate Mm -hmm. us, here in the third segment. I would like to see, I'm really just interested in to see what the passing game looks like, what they try to do. Yep. Because I'm not sure how many deep shots are going to be there. Iowa is going to have some deep safeties. Uh they are going to w- with five defensive backs back there, they are going to make sure everything stays in front of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't see those double moves aren't going to work and I I wouldn't think Michigan State's really going to run them because you know, if you're running a double move in front of a safety who's 12 yards off you, it's not going to work. So you're going to need to see tough throws into soft spots in the zone. Right. So, like, if that happens, if Rocky's able to put together a passing performance that is efficient, I don't think it'll be as explosive as it was against Michigan, but if he's able to be more efficient, similar to Rutgers, but maybe a little bit better with the ball, little. I mean, he was pretty accurate against Rutgers, but, like, hitting some of those throws that he missed, if he could do that and and turn in another just good performance – I'm going to start thinking this offense is going to have something where they're not going to be a liability half the time. I think the defense is pretty darn good. I think they're going to be pretty darn good the entire season. I think they're going to get better so long as you know a couple of key guys stay healthy for them.
2: And I was going to say, do you mind if I take the uh, the hat of leading the conversation here on the defensive side? Like, is there anything that like you still have to see that's missing from the defensive side of the ball to like where you're like, ah, this is kind of missing, and this might be the reason why they don't achieve like a five and four or four and five record here this season?
0: Not really. They're I know, I feel like, have it's nitpicky. To, like anything yeah. that pops
2: up in my head is like very nitpicky about it.
0: So they're gonna have to stop the run. Like, they did it decently well against Michigan. Uh, U of M was able to break some tackles and make some plays in the run game. Not a lot, but just a little bit. Iowa's going to rely upon that run a lot more, starting uh, a, court, a very inexperienced quarterback who just, frankly, hasn't been very good, and they don't ask him to do a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really, like, the training wheels are on right now, game manager mode, let's try to grind out a win. Sure. So Iowa's going to really do a lot to stop or to get the run game going. And I think that's going to be a bigger test for MSU. I'd like to see them, you know, kind of match what Iowa has been doing the last, their last two games, you know, three yards to carry, something like that, make them really have to earn it. Don't give up seven to 12 yard plays where they're getting into the second level, getting into the secondary, because they're just kind of moving the defensive line around. This will be a real test for Michigan state's front four. Uh, and if they're able to kind of come through it cleanly and and make it the slug, like more of a slug than we think it's going to be and make a team like Iowa who really relies on that run game, have to do different things to beat them or, you know, shut down the run game entirely and and come out with a win, uh, from, from Kinnick stadium, then I'm going to be like, yeah, this is, uh a great defense. This has a chance to be a really great defense because I think they cover pretty well. I think schematically they're smart. they got a bunch of really good coaches and some really smart, talented players uh, and a lot of young guys that are starting to get their feet under them. So I I, I do think this defense is going to continue to improve, and if they're able to go into Iowa and shut down that run game and make them try to beat them by passing it, I'm going to be really impressed by that.
2: Yeah, right on. And just like the individual players, too, that shine on defense. I think maybe the one thing that I want to see, again, I I compare it to a beer pong game. You know, you hit two cups in a row. Okay, you're heating up three in a row. Well, you're on fire now. You can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like Gervin, Kalen Gervin, kind of had a eh, touch-and-go game against Rutgers. Week two though, yeah. like he, he looked pretty good against Michigan, and also with Chris Jackson as well. Like, let's get two games in a row with those guys, so like we can start feeling some moxie, and then oh boy, if we can get like three good games, and raw to them like some consistency, like, like I'm gonna feel like this defense is kind of on fire here. I mean, I just yeah. so I guess consistency in the secondary is what I want to see, but that's sure. kind of nitpicky because well, there's only been two games this year, and it's very yeah. hard to build consistency over two games and judge
0: them well off two games. From a a baseline standpoint, I want to see them as a team go into Iowa, play a team that should be better than them, that is like empirically advanced data Mm -hmm. better than them. I know they're 0-2, two tough losses. They have a really good defense, and their offense is okay because the run game has been able to move the ball when they need to. Mm -hmm. I want to see them go in there as touchdown underdog. I know they just won as a three-touchdown underdog. Go in there as a touchdown-plus underdog, touchdown-ish underdog, and keep it close. Try to win a hard-fought game. If they lose by, like, 3 or something, 23 to 20, and it's close, and you're just like, man.
2: Bummer, but not going to ruin your day. yeah,
0: Yeah, Iowa, that defense is crazy. They made some big plays. That's a really good performance for the Hawkeyes. They desperately needed a win. Michigan State's coming off a big win in a total letdown spot, like, then I'll feel okay. I'm not going to be happy about a win, but we've also said like results this season are kind of secondary to development, establishing the foundation, building the program up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I want to see that. I want to see sort of like a character performance, not getting caught up too much in, in what happened last weekend, and follow it up with a good performance. Because then you you're like, all right, we got a good per- or a couple good performances in a row. Maybe we can toss out what happened week one as a total fluke. Maybe we can have some more confidence moving forward that this is a pretty decent football team. Word. Word? Word. Word to Big Bird. Word. All right, we're going to be right back with Andrew Wade from Locked on Hawkeyes in just a hot second. But first, the word from Home Field Apparel. Home Field.
2: Yes, sir. Let's go. Let's talk Home Field, baby.
0: Let's do it. With uh, Big Noon Saturday, the the crew for Fox is... uh, is out sick for the weekend Honking maybe they nicey. can yeah. yeah maybe they can look to home field apparel and their big news saturday uh, to pick up the slack home field makes incredibly comfortable officially licensed collegiate apparel they've got awesome stuff absolutely awesome stuff it's like vintage logos from old programs yearbooks all that they find really cool things that haven't been used for a while they put them on shirts put them on sweatshirts and it is just fantastic gear they dropped a brand new vintage Michigan State line back in August as part of their big new Saturday campaign. It was absolutely fire, and they've still got all that stuff up for you. And they still have a promo code to help you get savings. Check out their shirts, homefieldapparel.com. Promo code on Spartans, one word on Spartans, and you'll get twenty percent off your first purchase. And it's not just MSU gear. They got Central, Eastern, Western, Northern, Grand Valley, Ferris State, Western, U or Wayne State. UDM and Hope sorry I read Wayne State (laughs) I saw Wayne State and I said Western again and unfortunately but I understand why they're doing this uh they will soon very soon have University of Michigan gear I'm sad about it but they're gonna they're gonna sell a lot of shirts and I'm happy for them no comment
2: that's my that, that's, that's my comment. There that's my comment. comment? <laughs> Put it in the 20, papers.
0: I, I tweeted at uh, one of the guys uh, with Homefield Apparel. He's like, you know, we just wanted to try to make them feel better after what happened last night. See, so like, th- you know they're what? man of the people. <laughs> back in. I'm back in. Homefieldapparel.com. Homefieldapparel.com. Promo code on Spartans will get you 20% off your first purchase. Homefieldapparel.com. Promo code on Spartans.
2: How are the cornerbacks and how comfortable do you feel? with like deep ball threats, because apparently that's what Michigan state does now these days. That's, that's that is,
1: co- that is very confusing to me because I was not expecting you to say Michigan state, the downfield pass. I didn't expect pass. to say it either. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say it's interesting because against Purdue and against Northwestern, you saw them. Uh, they weren't, really going deep, especially with Northwestern Peyton Ramsey was very content, was just dinking Mm -hmm. and dunking the ball down the field Um, with Iowa's zone defense. They don't allow a lot of, you know, people to get back behind them. Purdue has been one of those thorns in their sides over the last four or five years, this past, you know, this past week or two weeks ago against Purdue, they did a good job of keeping Purdue in front of them. Um, Their cornerbacks, It's weird. They have a lot of experience, but not a lot of starting experience per se. So uh, Matt Hankins, a guy who started multiple years, um, can be a a little bit inconsistent. He's the leader of that defense as a senior. Um, And then you got Riley Moss and Julius Brents, who have been in and out of the lineup the last three years, starting when they were both true freshmen. So I would say the secondary is pretty strong and where this might be an interesting battle is the fact that Michigan state likes to go down the field. And Iowa does a great job of keeping people in front of them. They're willing to give up the underneath stuff and stop Mm. people from going over top of them. Um, They are, they're, they do are they are breaking in a new strong safety uh it could be changing depending on what formations michigan state comes out in iowa is uh leaning towards a 4-2-5 now they're starting to actually transition into a new era where they have a defense outside of their 4-3 and who plays their cash position which is kind of their dime backer position um will really determine who plays the strong safety position if their cash backer which is actually their former strong safety moves to strong safety there's, there's a little bit of transition there right so there's always a little bit of opportunity for confusion um, for Michigan State when they're attacking that defense, but Iowa does a good job typically of keeping the people in front of them.
2: Gotcha. And also, just to move to the front of the defense now, I I think more surprising than a 27-24 victory last Saturday, excuse me if I've mentioned that like 58 times already this (laughs) podcast. You're Um, happy, man. I don't blame you. I would do it too if I... Oh, I'm going to be pimping this out for the next 365 days, man, of course. Uh, um, (laughs) Even more surprising than that last week was just the fact that MSU's offensive line, which has not been good the last few years, let up zero sacks against uh, Michigan. And that was obviously key in winning that game. So I guess just on that topic, how, how is the, the front four, the front six, the front seven, what whatever – there is over there in, in Iowa. How are they getting to the court?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the last two years have been a big transitionary years. Um, two years ago, we lost our entire starting defensive line. But when you factor in that A.J. Peneza wasn't technically a starter, it wasn't mm-hmm. as big of a loss. This year, we lose three of our four starters, and losing an A.J. Panezza is a huge loss. And we haven't seen um, the production that we typically see for that defensive line, and we haven't seen the um, potent rushing defense that we typically Typically, see from an Iowa defensive line. Now, that being said, we do have one guy to watch out for. Interior wise, Davian Nixon is just destroying people on the interior he was a guy who would come in on pass rush situations last year um, played pretty well he's a former juco guy who put himself in the transfer portal was recruited by alabama so this is not some two-star three-star guy sure. who i was the only team recruiting him alabama wanted this guy and it shows so i would be concerned from an interior perspective but overall i was defensive line um hasn't been as strong now that being said Part of me wonders if that's because the linebacker group is also in transition. We lose our starting middle linebacker from last year. Our starting, our projected starting linebacker going into this year, Jack Campbell, he is out with mono the last two weeks. So we've been kind of moving guys left and right. Our starting um, w- our will linebacker, Digimon Colbert, he opted out. He was the guy who had the most experience among all the linebackers, and I believe he had between 17 and 18 starts. So that's not – a significant portion of starts. But when you look at him in perspective to the other guys, I think he had more starts than everyone else in that linebacker group. So the linebacker group is really concerning to me as well, because they're not able to come up as quickly. They're not able to attack that run. And we're seeing a lot of broken tackles happen along Iowa's rushing, att- or rushing defense.
2: And if we could just stay on the topic of rushing, but flip it over to the other side of the field, uh, you, you were talking earlier that the wide receiver core for Iowa has speed. How about the running backs, though? Because whenever I would tune into Iowa here and there, just watch the highlights and whatnot, it it looks like and I don't think he's the starting running back, correct me if I'm wrong, but Makai Sargent, he seems to be a springy guy. Um, And I know that he'll probably split reps with Tyler Goodson. Um, Talk to me about those two guys. Like, do do you like what you see from them so far? And what's kind of their dynamic as as a double as a two headed monster for, for Iowa, if you will?
1: Yeah. I mean, I love them as backs. I think the problem is when you're getting, when teams are getting penetration before you barely, before you get the ball, there's only so much you can do with it. Makai Sargent is going to be your more consistent one cut kind of guy, um, which is tip, you know more typical of an Iowa running back. Tyler mm-hmm. Goodson though, is the guy to really worry about because he's the game breaking threat who can take the ball to the house anytime. And a guy that Iowa wants to move around, um, you know, the, the field as much as possible, you're going to see, you know, Tyler Goodson get uh, motioned out into the you know into the the flats and play a slot wide receiver position, maybe getting a one-on-one matchup with a linebacker. He's that athletic. He has fantastic hands. And then Mikai Sargent, just a great change of pace back. Um to, you know, th- they do th- those two really complement each other really well. But if I'm Michigan State, anytime Tyler Goodson touches the ball, that's what I'm personally worried about. I saw gotcha. him make a play against Northwestern. He's running downhill and managed to do a spin while running full speed and still stay in this exact same linebacker line that he was running on and the linebacker didn't even touch him I don't honestly like I've, I've never like seen that before but just his quickness and athleticism is just unheard of from an Iowa running back and Makai Sargent is just you know again your, your standard Iowa running back who is one cut does a good job of getting upfield quickly um, can be that consistent four to five yard threat
2: and uh, just two more questions, if that's cool with you, before yeah, uh, we let you go into the weekend. Um, just like we were talking earlier, uh, Amir Smith Marset obviously uh, he will not be playing this weekend. Is that absolutely detrimental and devastating to you guys, or is that just sort of like ah, it's a
1: bummer, but we should be okay? Like where where are you? <laughs> I think it depends on who you ask. So. Okay. I do think anytime you lose a guy who can take a kickoff to the house, anytime he touches it, um, that is going to be a loss. Now, that being said, from the wide receiver perspective, I'm not as concerned. Amir Smith-Marset is not our best route runner. He doesn't have the best hand. That goes to Brandon Smith. I would say Brandon Smith is without a doubt our number one wide receiver. Some would argue that. I think Brandon Smith is. I also think our two other guys behind Amir Smith-Marset, Tyrone Tracy and Nico Regani, bring a different skill set to the position. Tyrone Tracy being a great yak guy maybe not as fast as Amir Smith-Marset but still a great yak guy Nico Regani very fundamentally sound very technical in his route running so it's not as concerning to me just because we have so much depth again Anyone, anytime you lose an Amir Smith Marseille, a guy who will play in the NFL will be playing on Sundays at some point, that is a loss, but it isn't as big of a loss as I think um, outsiders would typically see. Like I, for example, I follow a lot of gambling and people are literally betting on Michigan State and saying Amir Smith Marset is out. That is maybe not the way I mean, I would don't necessarily disagree with them betting on Michigan State, but not just because Amir Smith Marset is out gotcha no that checks
2: out and we were talking about that yesterday kind of too with the whole gambling thing and the line and whatnot A uh, fascinating line too it is um, it's tough to bet on man it is and i'll probably stay far 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 away from it but um do you know what last question I can't say far away from this and I, I can't believe that we we're, we we're, okay we're going to do a Michigan State Iowa crossover podcast and, and not talk about punting right now. I mean come on. We Dude, you got, got to, to talk, talk about punting. Got to talk about punting in a Big 10 crossover show man. So talk to me about the Iron Boot uh, over d- down there in Iowa. Dude,
1: it is ridiculous how excited I get watching punts <laughs> go 60 yards. Like that to it's me, It's a rush. It's a and, rush. <laughs> football. I mean like watch oh my gosh. So last week when Tory Taylor, he is a true freshman from Australia, but when I say true freshman, he's 23 years old. The dude's a grown man and he's mm-hmm, punting right. the ball The way he punted, I mean, I talked to, so we have Matt Vandenberg, former Iowa receiver on every single Monday, and he talked about, you know, catching punts and how he's kicking the ball and the wind and stuff. I mean, his first punt against Northwestern that caused a fumble was just a thing of beauty. It was art. Um, And I think it definitely helps Iowa when they play that field position game because he can boot it 60 yards. And then on top of that, our gunners have been fantastic. I'm doing a great job of getting there, breaking down, um, making tackles. So, I mean, Special teams wise, I would, I would honestly, I, again, I'm trying not to be biased here. I, I've talked about our quarterback not being good. So to, to counteract that our special teams has to be top 10 in the nation. Easy between Keith Area. Duncan, the goat, uh, which I'm always going to call him the goat. He should have beat Rodrigo Blankenship last year in the Lou Groza. That was garbage. <laughs> I'll stand by that. Torrey Taylor <laughs> has been fantastic averaging 45 yards per punt um, average, even more against Northwestern. And then um, on, I mean, anytime you have a mirror with back there again, not playing this week, but he's a fantastic return man as well. Had to end it with punt talk. Had I love to. it, man. I, mean, I love up. it. So before we do it, what are, what are your predictions for the game? And we talked about that line. Um, yeah. I am also staying away from that line. It scares the hell out of me. But from a win loss perspective, do you think Michigan State pulls us out?
2: Nah. See, as a fan coming off of that win and Iowa being zero to two, like I was thinking, oh yeah, like MSU can go down there and win. But just like you said earlier, like with gambling, like I I have a gambling brain too sometimes, and like. That line stinks out loud. And then whenever a line stinks out loud, you probably just take it and uh, understand that Iowa will probably win this game. So with the spread, with the total of 46 over under, that's the Vegas estimate of a 27 to 20 Iowa victory. And honestly, I'm just going to be the most boring person in the entire world right now. And uh, predict a 27 to 20 Iowa victory because when uh, MSU goes down to Iowa, I don't know. That just sounds like a score that is destined to happen when uh, the game kicks off.
1: Matt, I think you might be the first person who has ever predicted your team to lose on a crossover episode with me.
2: Oh, boy. Oh, that is is my MO. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It, might, it might, might be a reverse jinx uh, in the works here, but uh, no, I don't know. Just something about that line in Vegas mm-hmm. makes me scratch my head. And whenever I have to scratch my head at a line, it, it, it usually works out in Vegas' favor. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, That's from right. my my yes, perspective, I I, I completely agree. My perspective, looking at like the Northwestern and Purdue game, I went in there saying, Iowa has more talent, but I'm worried about this game. Michigan mm-hmm. State, I'm not even looking at the talent perspective. I'm looking at it from Iowa's coming off. Two straight losses. They have had a good week of practice. Michigan State coming off a huge win over Michigan. As you talked about, this is not a year where they were expected to maybe contend for a Big Ten East title. That is a big win. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, non-football thing is kind of playing into this game where I do think Iowa sure. gets back on track as well and I honestly I you say 27-20 I think it's going to be ugly like 17-14 or something like that oh nice talk to me it's there we go <laughs> super ugly all the time I mean gosh that I have like nightmares about that Big Ten t- title game Iowa versus Michigan State that thing just was hell to watch even as a even before Michigan State scores in that goal ahead touchdown oh my god I hate LJ Scott forever I want the record to show I did not bring up that game this was you. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it just so painful I mean, lj scott is i hate him more than jonathan taylor jonathan taylor was a thorn in our side <laughs> over and over again but matt i do appreciate obviously um, us getting together and talking about this game i'm sure we'll be having words back and forth on saturday when iowa michigan state take the field at 11 a.m central time 12 p.m. man that's weird so it's 12 p.m eastern time right right Yep. I'm so you know used to it. It. everything's at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. for me i don't even care about eastern time so a lot of fun to watch that game i'm excited to see it um the battle of teams with uh, low expectations now so it'll be a lot of fun to watch yeah. matt thank you for coming on um where can the folks find you at for my show
2: so i'm on twitter at shehand underscore sports uh my co-host is will underscore underscore hunter that's with one l um yeah that's, that's where to find us usually just uh making a clown of myself every saturday on the old twitter.com
1: <laughs> I love man. man. Well, have a great day, buddy. and we'll, uh, we'll be in touch. Yeah, absolutely, man. Hey, this is a lot of fun, Andrew. Yep, talk to you later, man.
0: Yep, see ya. All right, thanks so much to Andrew for making some time for us there. Good insight into this Iowa Hawkeyes team. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to continue previewing this game, dig into some nitty-gritty, maybe talk about some specific players, talk about where the spread is at as well, and then we will make our Big Ten picks at the end of the show. Won't you join us? Won't, Won't you. you join us? Thanks so much for listening. Reminded to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Matt, take us home.
2: Thank you, listeners. You guys are all the best. Go green, baby. All right, one more show to end this week. Let's finish strong. Finish strong. Woo!